When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another edition of Showtime with Coop, insightful BS with my Laker teammates and NBA legends. And we always welcome anybody into the family, especially my friends. And he's from that oblong sport, not the round ball, but the uh, football. <laughs> Terrence Mathis, how you doing, sir? Man, I am blessed, man. It's good to see you. Good gracious. Hey, man, you, you are a, look, when you text me and ask me to come on your show, I, I told my wife and she said, who? And I had to explain to her who you were and all that stuff. And I was like, she was like, oh, oh, okay. She still didn't understand what I was saying. But at the end of the day, I said, Coop called, want me on his show? I am there. Well, That's my dude. You. We thank you. And we former alumni, Lobos, man. Yeah. That's right, Lobos. <laughs> let's, let's, you know what? You brought up, you brought up, a. see, we can take this a long way. We can have a long conversation about this. <laughs> so, Terrence, let's get started, babe. Um, uh, who were, we, this is Black History Month, so we're going to include a little yes. bit of that, okay? Who are some of your role okay. models growing up? You well, from Stone you know, Mountain, uh, Georgia. Always number one on the list has been my mom. Uh-huh. You know, rest her soul. Uh, she passed away a couple of years ago. She was my mother, my father, my brother, my, my mentor, my coach. She was everything. So that, first of all, uh, it was funny because I was just having lunch with my wife and we were just talking about my mom, some of the little things she taught me. One of the little details that she taught me was how to write correctly. It's, it's funny because when people see me write and they look at it and they always think my wife wrote it because it's so neat. And I said, a woman must have wrote this. No, my mom wrote it. I just, it was just my hand. And, Terrence, and you know what? It is so shocking you would say that because my mom, who passed away a couple of years ago, about four years ago now, that was the main thing that she yes. said to me. Michael, when you write your name, people have to read, be able to read it. Yes. And yes. that is, that, that's, yes. I, I knew it's we the, were kindred spirits, man. Thing. It's yeah. the little things. It's the little things. And then, you know, growing up, it, it's funny because, you know, I grew up in a time where uh, O.J. Simpson was that dude. You know, everybody had a poster of O.J. Simpson. And then, you know, you had guys like Walter Payton, Eric Dickerson. See, I'm a wide receiver, but I was I was raised as a running back. <laughs> and then, you know, Eric Dickerson. Then you look at your Doug Williams. Then here comes Jerry Rice and 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 Drew Pearson and all those guys, Starworth and Swan. And then, you know, the game started just, you know, evolving into something different for me and and then you you go on the basketball side i remember the ice man durbin poster greatest poster of all time baby that was my dude <laughs> and then and then here come the here come the lakers showtime with cooper loop and 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 magic and and see here's the here's a here's the beauty of all this ari all these people i've talked about i have met in my lifetime and, and had conversations with them. And that's the, that's the cool thing because even though I'll be 55 in June, I still feel like I'm 15. Like when, 
looking at Coop, I still feel like I'm 15. Like, oh, that's my dude. You know, even, you know, that's the respect that I have for those before me. You know, I'm going to always give them respect because they paved the way. I don't care what sport you in. They paved the way for us as uh, not just athletes, but black athletes to be able to shine and get the gifts that we that we receive as far as endorsements, big contracts, whatever it may be. And if we don't, if we don't salute them now, one day it's going to be too late. So every time I get an opportunity, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give you guys praise every y'all. Thank you, because I'm still here, baby. So yeah. thank you for my. Yeah, man, I'm gonna give you your roses while you alive, baby. While you alive. So, so Terrence, you just talked about some fantastic uh, uh, black athletes. Uh, I think one that you left out was Jim Kelly from the Cleveland Browns, because I grew up a Cleveland Browns right, fan. Right, Jim right. Kelly, but that's neither here nor there. But uh, what, was black history, uh, was that taught in your family? You know, obviously you're looking at these famous black athletes and stuff, but what, is, what, what was black history taught to you coming up? Oh, it, it was right away. Here, here's the thing uh, you don't know. I grew up I lived in Detroit until I was 11 years old. So, you know, it was all, everything up North was, it was, every day was black history, you know? Uh, then when I moved to the South, when I was uh, 12 years old uh, and moved to Stone Mountain, Georgia, the sense of black history really stuck then because that was still in the, in the, in the early eighties, that was still KKK prevalent territory. So, you know, I remember going to school, my mom signing me up, you know, we were going to register for school and this big truck ride by and, and these white guys say, hey, hey, Ian, go home. And that's the first time I ever heard a white man call me that. And I was running towards the street and my mom grabbed me real quick. And I was like, come back here and say that in my face. My mom said, whoa, 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 whoa. She said, what's your name? I said, it's Terrence. Well, they weren't talking to you. <laughs> they wow. weren't talking to you because that's not your name. And that was the first time, that's the first education I got from my mom right there. They can call you whatever you called you, but I named you Terrence and that's who you are. And, you know, and I was at a predominantly all white school and it was just, you know, it, it, in that time it was still, you know, we were still busting kids to our school, you know, at, at the time. So, uh, black history was very important to us because we had to keep our identity and who we truly were um, in an environment that uh, most people didn't accept us. But, you know, we stuck together as black athletes, black students and, and friends to make sure we still talk today. You know, we don't group chats today uh, from, you know, group 84 class, 85 class. And it's just we were even in school, we were taught black history, you know, black history month came up. It was always something about black history. There was a play or an, an assembly or something of that sort. And today they don't even teach it in school anymore. It's not even taught. And, and it's, it's, it's pretty sad that it, it's that way. It's almost like uh, trying to forget that we helped build this country. Yeah. You know, they had they went to get us to help build their build this country and make them wealthy. And now you want to try to forget about us who laid the pavement for you to walk on and to to drive on. And, and you know, here's the thing. You know, what I like about this generation, though, Coop, is this is this new generation don't care. 
they're gonna tell you how they feel, <laughs> and they're gonna go and they're gonna go do, and they will call on a protest in a minute. Yeah. And, and 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 big businesses are scared of this generation of black women and black men because at the end of the day, if they call for a boycott, that's millions and billions of dollars that you're losing. So you now. Even though we're moving slowly to that point, now big corporations are starting to understand the type of influence we have and the type of money we have. You got to understand, we've been we spend over a trillion dollars in consumer goods as Black people in America a year. Trillion dollars a year. Imagine that, Coop. So, yeah. so if we say, and we talking about consumer goods, we talking about Tide and and cereal, we talking about milk. We talk, if if we say, okay. If there's a mass thing goes around, says we're gonna boycott. I'm just saying, and I'm not saying we're gonna do it. It's, we're gonna boycott Coca-Cola. They lose millions a day. Yep. If you don't go buy Coca-Cola, you see, or any of their products, Sprite, yeah, Minute Maid, whatever it may be. So there was a gap somewhere. Um, over the last 10 to 15 years where we as Black people didn't step up and stand proud of who we were. Some did, but now there's, since the, the Black Lives Matter movement, now there's Black, young Black people are just, are, are just standing up and being proud of who they are, and they're making me proud, and they're making me go, oh, shoot, the torch was passed to me, and I blew the torch out. I got to relight this torch and let, um, let them understand what this torch means and pass it to them. And that's what black history means to me. You know, it, 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 it's better cool, but we still got a long ways to go, man. Oh, long, long way. And now you, got long through all our, our trials and tribulations, we come through things. We find the love. Mine was basketball. Yep. You found football. Yep. Uh, did you have any, did you, uh, as you mentioned that moment where uh, uh, that incident happened where they call you the N-word, because that happened right. to me as a young right. person. But once I got involved with uh, uh, sports, that line kind of became blurred a little bit because, again, one of my high school coaches told me, he said, listen, we're not white or black with teammates. Mm -hmm. And my yeah. high school team was right. uh, Pasadena Bulldogs. We're all Bulldogs. Right. right. Once you enter into that world, uh, were you able to overcome or, or kind of like fight through the fog of racism a little bit? You kind of do. You know, you, you, you kind of find yourself when you become that athlete that everybody expects you to be. It's funny that you say that, Coop, but when you, when you reach a level of what they call stardom or popularity, you know, uh, you're not black anymore. You're just Terrence, the athlete. You yeah. see what I'm saying? You understand where I'm going with that? Yep. So, and, but you have to be very, very careful because, you know, I was, I would always say this and my mom would always say this to me too. And she says, understand this, son. All those people that love you, that don't look like you, how many of them ever invited you over the house to eat? Wow. Or she took it even further. What if you, what if their daughter brought you home? How would, so she, so I had to be conscious of, okay, who, who, who are genuinely love me because of me, my color and all, or just love me for, because I can catch a football, run, a, run fast and score touchdowns. You see what I'm saying? So you, you almost got to separate the two and be, you got to be 
cautious of everybody you meet, but be generous to everybody. You know what I'm saying? Be cordial to everybody you meet. And, and, you know, everybody's not for your, for your good. So, uh, you know, like you said, you know, when you, when you start playing sports and there's black and white, like you said, you're just teammates and you all fight for one. That's what I love about football, Coop, is that you can get 53 guys from all walks of life and bring them into the building. It doesn't matter what they believe in, where they come from, how much money they make, how big, how small they are. We're fighting for one thing, and that's to win a championship. I don't see you. I don't ever say, oh, that white, white receiver over there. No, that's Tim DeWhite. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not that white quarterback. That's Chris Chandler. That's my teammate. You know, so we're brothers in this. And, and I think football as you have we seen lately, is a microcosm of life. And the thing that uh, if, if 53 guys can get together to fight for one cause and that's to win championships, why can't pockets of America come together to fight for one cause and that's peace and equality and inclusion for all? I don't understand that. I, I don't understand that. And, and, and people don't understand if you do that, and if it's about money, if you do that, there's a whole lot of money to be made when you come together. You know, now it ain't, oh, this this group got this, this group got that. Now you're making a whole lot of money building together. And now everybody gets a piece of the pie and happy. Instead of saying, oh, we don't want to include them because because what they look like or, or what they believe in or what their religion is. We don't want to include them. We're going to keep this big pile right here, this big piece of the pie right here. And we're going to just give them crumbs to, to just say, we see you. And, and you know, Coop, I can go on and on. You 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 touched a nerve with me. Black History Month. That's what yeah, we're supposed yeah, to do. Yeah, you touched like, a nerve with me. You touched a nerve with me. There might be less football being played, but Bet Online has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season. From score totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And with the new year comes a new update desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50 to get started. And it's not just football, bet online, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business from sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet online, where the game starts. You're listening to Showtime with Coop. Uh, we have Terrence Mathis in the house uh, talking a little bit about Black History Month. But now, Terrence, we're at the point of the show where it's called Coop's Lightning Round. Okay. I'm going to give you five names and you okay. tell me as much or as little about the people I'm going to ask you about. Okay. 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 First one is Malcolm X. Oh my goodness. All means necessary. Any means necessary. That's, that's that any means necessary. You know, what Malcolm said years ago is prevalent today. And you, you, if you listen to some of his speeches, you can put him in a microphone in front of a microphone right now and it will resonate in today. Rosa Parks. Oh my goodness. 
here's here's a selfless woman who decided that uh, enough is enough. Enough is enough. I don't care what you do to me, but enough is enough. She didn't set out to be that martyr. She didn't set out to be that example, but she was just tired. She was, you know, enough was enough. I'm going to sit where I, I look. I'm this empty seat. I'm going to sit down. And I, and I think, again, you look at today's generation, they say the same thing. Enough is enough. You push me too far. See how we going how I'm going to react to that. So that's, you know, Rosa Parks has set that bar where, you know, hey, enough is enough. Stop pushing us in the back. We need to be up front too. You know, she she reminds me so much of my mom because I can see my mom getting on the bus. I've mm-hmm. uh, been working all day. Her feet are yeah. tired. She says, yeah. "I ain't moving. This yeah. is where I'm sitting, and I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm there." Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Why did I get stuck on that one? Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady has uh, has had a remarkable career. Um, you know, there's a debate on if he's the greatest of all times. So, you know, when, when people say great of all times, to me, it means that he could have played in any generation. And now you got to ask the question, can't Tom Brady play in any generation of football? Talking about from Jim Brown to the Lawrence Taylor era, you know, to the Joe Montana's, to the, you know, so on and so forth. So now you have to make that decision. Well, would he have done the things he have done, he has done in that generational era to say that he's the greatest of all time? And so me, I have to question that. But he's he's the greatest of these times, but I wouldn't, I can't say of all time. Martin Luther King, Dr. King. Hey man, everybody wants to speak so eloquently like Dr. King. Everything that he says and everything that he he's meant to America, not just black people, but America, um, is just uh, he's just an icon, man. And the thing is, is you know, when I when I speak, I want to be like King and you know encourage people and and engage people to the point that they want to do better and they want to help others. And that's who Martin Martin Luther King was. Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant. Oh, man, dude. Mm -hmm. Kobe Bryant had what? Kobe Bryant didn't get an opportunity to really be what what God wanted him to be. Um, We knew who he was as a basketball player, as a father, as a husband, as a friend to others. But Kobe was on his way to be something different than that. He was on his way of, of being that being that mentor to those who really uh, needed it and that wanted it. And his passing has, man, you know, when you said the name, it just, cool. Dude, I've never met Kobe, but I feel like I've known Kobe all my life, well, all his life. And he's just a remarkable human being 
You know, I forget about the plane. He's just a remarkable human being. And if you want to talk about his plane, you know, he took that, he took, he took the attitude of look, any means necessary. Yeah. Great. And you're not gonna push me around. I'm not gonna be in the back. And I'm gonna do it with elegance and style, where it's gonna be engaging. That's who Kobe Bryant is. Listen to Terrence Mathis on Showtime with Coop. Terrence was drafted in 1990 by the New York Jets. Ended yeah. up the remainder of his career. <laughs> Why, that, that, the way he sound like that is that, like if I was drafted by the Clippers, I'd be oh my God, yeah. But anyway, you ended up playing the majority of your career in Atlanta Falcons in front of your home fans yeah. and back where you belong. Was that difficult for you? And I know it was difficult for me, the ticket requests. I mean, did mm-hmm. you have those same kind of uh, issues? I did, you know, at first I did, you know, you know, when I, when I came here from the, came back home from the Jets, you know, I was happy. I knew where to go. I knew where to live. My friends, my family, I was just, it was comfortable for me. Um, And it was, you know, people ask me all the time, with all that goes on in Atlanta, I mean, it's Black Hollywood. I mean, how could you concentrate? and play at that level knowing that all those things were around. Well, first of all, I grew up here, so I knew what to expect. And then secondly, once I got married, everything stopped. <laughs> <There> <laughs> you <know>? do that. <laughs> it was time to do that. God said, boy, if you don't get married and settle down, look. And I was like, Lord, I'm listening to you. And (laughs) guess what he did? He sent me an angel. We've been married for 24 years now. And that's been that's been my saving grace because I might have been you might have been reading about me in Sports Illustrated. Oh, Terrence Smith is number 10 on the list of broke athletes who played 13 years in the NFL. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Terrence, one of my buddies uh, I work with um, at Sirius XM um, is Dave Archer who yeah. is a former yeah. Falcons quarterback and, and now does Falcons radio. And mm-hmm. so I, I asked him about you and he says, you're one of the best receivers in the history of the Atlanta Falcons organization. Mm-hmm. What does that mean to you? I, that means a lot to me. You know, uh, you know, here's, here's the thing that I must say about that is this is uh, I set the bar, you know, I set the bar, you know, Back then, when I caught over 100 balls, it was not a receiver under six feet who caught 100 balls in a season. And I played in the era with Jerry Rice, Chris Carter, Moss. Michael Irvin, Randy Moss, you know, guys, uh, Andre Reed, guys like that. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you feel like you, you, you should get more credit for what you've done. But mm-hmm. I know what I've done. Others know what I've done, you know, and and I can live comfortably and be comfortable with what I've accomplished. Um, and I did it. I did it in the era when we went throwing the ball 40, 50 times right. a game. Not like today. So that so so that means so I take pride in that because that means I was catching a ball at an 80, 90 percent clip when I was targeted because every catch had mattered and counted because of the fact that we weren't going to get a whole lot. You know, now today guys get targeted 15, 16, 18 times in a game and only catching nine balls. I mean, come on, man, that's 50%. That's not good. So, you know, 
and that and, and see and that's that's what's wrong with football today is that uh people who doesn't do that don't understand the game as much they look at oh he's he's been targeted 15 times and he caught seven balls and he's this great receiver huh? <laughs> really so you telling me all i needed to be is targeted 15 times a game and i'll be in the hall of fame it's a different world, man. You know what I'm saying it's a whole different world. Yeah, you're right. So, you know, I'm like, but you know what? I'm is look, you can't complain. Coop, you know how it is. You can't complain. Look, the game changes. It's supposed to be for the better, but we always say, you know, this guy couldn't play it in our generation. For you know, there wasn't no five yard rule. There was look, we were getting bumped all the way down the field, and it wasn't no, there wasn't no uh, illegal hits to the head or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, bam, bam, bam. It, however, yeah, you, I you get, went over the middle a lot, and I mean, oh you man, some... I played between the numbers, and you talking about getting hit? Oh my goodness! But a lot of the legal hits guys today. Are yeah, these guys today, <laughs> they catch the ball and they just. Shoot, I used to catch the ball. My eyes used to get this big, waiting for something to happen. <laughs> exactly. Across I'm like, oh, here comes something. Today, these guys go, mm. don't even play with their mouthpiece in that. Mouthpiece be hanging out there. I'm like, shoot, we play without a mouthpiece. You're going to get all your teeth knocked out. Well, see, you're recognized as in 1994, you're a pro bowler, and you're all pro in 1994. So people knew, and they knew yeah, who you were, they know. and you're they recognized know. for that. They, they know, they know. And you know, the thing is, Coop, I'm, you look, dude, I'm, I am so proud. Here, here it is. I'm so proud of what I've accomplished coming from a single parent home, you know, from age nine, I've been told you can't, you can't, you can't, you won't, you won't, you won't, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't. And here we are talking about a career uh, that some people say it would never happen. So, and, and I always tell them, and people say, how did it happen? I said, because of God. I said, I had a praying grandmother and a praying mother. And that's all they prayed about was me to be successful. Give give me the desires of my heart. That's all it was. So when I got to high school, my steps was ordered from there. I knew where I was going. There was no doubt in my mind that I wasn't going to play NFL. I didn't care what people said. There was no doubt in my mind I was going to play. I was not going to play NFL football. There was no doubt. Listen to Terrence Mathis on Showtime with Coop. A couple more uh, for you, Terrence, because we know you're busy. You're a high school coach now. You coach uh, uh, high school football, right? Yes, yes. Okay, yes. and I'm a high school coach. I coach high school basketball out here. Uh, to the big game we got coming in, what, 48 hours, 72 hours, something like that? Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Well, before you even go there, Coop, see, first of all, why are you coaching high school basketball? And why am I coaching high school football? Uh, why aren't we coaching at our alma maters? <laughs> hey, listen, that's for we, look, look, we're not going to go. That's for a different show. That's for a different show. That's, different show. that's for a different show. Okay. That's for a well, different show. Uh, my answer because to your question is I enjoy, you know what? Uh, God gave me a special talent, mm-hmm. a talent mm-hmm. that he only gives a few. Yes. And we used it the right way. We were able yes. to uh, accomplish our dreams. Right. We were able to be successful in right. our sport. And I just feel for me, I have to give it back. I always right. love giving back. And, you right. know, I've coached at the, the pro game 
I coached mm-hmm. a little bit with the Lakers and yes. Denver Nuggets and yeah. guys, the new athletes are just, they, they know right. everything. Right. Uh, I coach women, which I really, right. really enjoy coaching that. Mm-hmm. But for high school, I, I, I enjoy coaching high school kids because they're receptive to what we have to give. Mm-hmm. They're ready for the fundamental aspect that you have to mm-hmm. learn to, for your, so you can get better with your craft as you become yep. more powerful athletically. Yep. So for me, uh, I, I just enjoy it at this point in time yeah. in my life. Yeah. I, I'm I'm the I'm the same way, you know. They're they're like sponges because yeah. they respect everything that you're saying because, you know, we who, that have played at the highest level, uh, is one of those things that I'm never gonna tell you to do something I haven't done before. Exactly. Or I'm not gonna tell you something that I can't do now. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So. That's the truth of the matter is, and you have so many coaches out there having kids do things that they have never done before or can't demonstrate. Yeah. So a lot of these kids are lost. And the thing is, it, it's it's hard for us who that loves the game so much. And it's not about us. It's about the young men that that it's almost poop. It's almost like this for us. We get punished because we played the game for a long time. And those that didn't get elevated quicker and they supposed to be smarter and more intelligent than we are in the game. And I'm going, well, okay, I, 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 I'm going to give you a little bit of that. But do you know the player? Do you know what he goes through daily? Do you know the grind? Do you know the mentality? Do you know what it takes to play at a high level? Do you know when that player is tired and you got to pull him a little bit to get him or, or something went wrong at home? And you, if you don't know that, how are you going to coach a kid to play at this highest level if yep. you don't know that? You, you see what I'm saying, Coop? Yep. But back to your first question, I'm going to go with the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? You keep throwing me curveball, man, because you open up a whole nother can of worms. I predict this, Terrence. Yeah, Lobo's gonna go, they're gonna come calling you one day, man. Why? Hey man, you you Coop, you knew when you called me that I was gonna go there. You had to know I was gonna go there. Because when I when I heard that you wanted the job a, a, two, three years ago, I texted you and was like, man, I hope you get the job. Exactly. Yeah. I said, I'm praying for you to get the job. And at the same time, the football job was open. And I said, wouldn't it be cool if I was coaching across the street from you whatsoever? I said, that would been a great thing. I said, that would have been a great thing for the community, for, for the conference, for the nation to say, wow, you know, that would been a good look for the university, yeah. right? Yeah. But, you know, so be it. And we're going to say that for our Lobo show. Because we're going to yeah, really we're say that, that for a Lobo show. <laughs> well, you know, but, but Coop, here's the thing. I'm not mad. Yeah, I'm not mad. Matter, I'm, not, man. I'm not I'm I'm not mad. You know, I'm not mad at all. They called me for for recruits over here in Georgia and I help them. So mm-hmm. I'm if I was if I was mad, I'd have been like, hey, man, don't call me about that. Yeah. But but I love my university and I love where I played football and I want them to be successful. So I'm going to help any kind of way I can. Now, you know, I don't care how you feel about me. You know, it, it ain't about me. It ain't about your feelings about me. It's about those 88 kids that are on scholarship and yeah. those another 14 or 15 walk-ons or whatever you may have. It's about them. It ain't about me and you. It's about them. So until you until you realize that, don't come have any conversation with me any other way. 
Terrence, you know what? I, I really do believe we were brothers and we just got separated at birth because, well, I mean, we, you sound exactly like I do. You got the same feeling, but again, well, that's that's what it's like. I ask you this question, and, uh, and Ari has one, and we're going to let you go get out of here. What would cause Antonio Brown to have the kind of meltdown that he did? And we I understand. Know, we understand that he's had some issues. I, I, things yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I really don't. You know, that's one of those things that I just, I, I just don't understand. Yeah. You know, and you know, it's one of those things. You know, he says he's okay. You know, he has no mental health issues or anything like that. That's what he says. But I don't, I don't, I, I don't know what would cause that. I, you know, I just can't see a situation me being on the side, even if I'm going nose to nose with the head coach for me to just leave the football field. Yeah. I, I don't, even if, even if the coach said leave, I would have to say, coach, I'm not going anywhere. I love this game. I love my teammates. You know, yeah. I want to play, you know, and then you, you say that to a coach where your other teammates hear that. Guess what happens? Now your coach looking around going, now he's he going to wait a minute. I might yeah. lose these guys because this guy really want to be here. So, but I don't know, man. It's just some, it's amazing to me how that happens. And you know, the thing is, he probably going to get another chance to play. You think so? Because he's that talented. I do. He's that I, talented. Ooh, man, I, I, that's hard one there. Think I about it. All it, takes, Coop, all, all it takes, Coop, is just to stay quiet for the next three months or so. Work out, stay out of trouble. You know, people start to say good things about you again. He's okay, blah, blah, blah. He's different. Somebody's going to bring him in for a tryout. And before you know it, he'll be on the roster. You know what? You, you're absolutely right. That's it. Hey, let's, let's see if he can stay quiet. Ari? Well, he, need, he needs to come stay with me for a couple, <laughs> a couple of weeks where I can, hey, man, let, 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 me, let me pray for you. Let me put hands on you. Let's talk about this thing, man. This is what you need to do to finish your career. Dude, if you want to go, look, forget all the nonsense, man. Just go do you. And you can't make finish. that kind of money anywhere else. Yeah. You know, no, that kind of talent. So yeah, and that's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. So what are you what are you doing now? It seems like obviously people listening to you, I'm sure, would imagine that you mentor uh, aside from coaching. And and um you I know you've had programs over the years with, with kids. So you know, tell people what you do now. Yeah. Actually, I, I have my own little YouTube show that I do weekly. Nice. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a football show. It's pretty much about all of football, but it directly towards the Atlanta Falcons. Um, and it's nice. Reason I, the reason why I like the show is because I can be who I want to be and nobody has to give me a rundown and tell me how to do. I've done TV. I've done radio where I couldn't be me and I just didn't like it. But on, on this show, I get a chance to talk about the game but at the same time when we when we finish the show the, the the host always says to me he says Terrence what do you have for us today and I usually have a scripture or something of encouragement for the audience and and, and that's my platform and that's my platform and I get asked to do it you know speaking engagements whatsoever but right now my, my biggest concern uh, I have a daughter who graduated college. I have a son who's a sophomore in college. I'm an empty nester. So my biggest thing now is about me and my wife. 
Ooh, you know, ooh. our relationships. I'm, I'm I mean, almost just, there, Terrence. I'm yeah. almost there. So you're gonna have to call I mean, me for some uh, advice. Yeah, man. How you should, because cool. Let me tell you, like, don't believe what people say when they say when you come empty nesters. No, 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 no. This is like dating all over again, yeah, man. Yep. It is cool. That's why I was late. I was at lunch with her, you know. And I'm like, all right, we, we forgive you then, okay? <laughs> hey, man, we we we'll take little trips, you know. We'll go places and do things, and and what do you want to do? Let's go, you know. And it's yep. just. It's one of those things we sit, we watch movies, we laugh, we joke, we, you know, it's like dating all over again. So that's, you know, if anything, you know, if I can tell young couples out there, you got to get involved with each other, man. That's the, when it, when it's like this is the best. Oh. Terrence, I know the last question for me. Uh, now you got the NASCAR. You're involved oh. with that. Oh, I did that for a little while, man. And it was, it was, I remember I had a marketing company. This is how I got into it, Coop. I had a marketing company and we used to do, uh, we had a mobile marketing truck. We had a big screen on it and we used to do stuff for Bad Boy Records. Um, so Puffy would give us new music, new videos whatsoever. Nice. And we would ride around town, the club scene. We'd go to the Source Awards. You know, we done stuff with Eminem, with Steve Harvey. We've done stuff with, with all these people and we was doing really well. But then when iTunes came out, you know, it really didn't need us anymore because now you can get your product out by press of a button. Yep. And, and, and then um, one day, you know, so NASCAR had started Drive for Diversity. That's what their new slogan was. And they was trying to get more diverse into NASCAR. So uh, I met a guy and he says to me, he says, hey, um, do you know anyone who wants to be an owner of a NASCAR team? We was just trying to be the diversity. We was just trying to be the marketing end in the South with NASCAR. So I said, I may have a few individuals. So I called up one individual whatsoever, and you're going to figure it out in a second. And I, so he said, yeah, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Just, just get it all together. So I go to a race, and I heard this engine roar. And I ran to the fence and was like a little kid going, oh, my God, what is this? Them cars, and I said, oh, my goodness. That was the, the, the energy that I needed, that competitive that I needed again, that I had you know, been away for for about three or four years. So I called the guy up. Well, we met with a team and I said, this is what I need. I need this, 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 this. Team said, good. Well, we want 50% ownership of the team. Good. I go back to my guy and say, hey, this is what it is. This is what, it, this is what they're going to do. They changed in the car number to number seven and it's going to be called Victory Motorsports. And uh, so he was like, cool, cool, cool. So then his agent came in and just scrapped everything. I had sponsors, McDonald's. Nike, American Express, because of who the guy was. Uh-huh. And I, I even had a guy call me that did mark, merchandise for NASCAR and was offering me a million and a half up front to have his marketing deal. And then they were gonna, was gonna give us a generous split in, in the marketing uh, management and the, the, uh, the selling of the merchandise. And it all went away. So then I called the guys back and said, well, Terrence, 
we don't need him. We're going to give you, we want you to be uh, the 50% partner. And that's how I got into NASCAR. And um, I never got an opportunity to put a car on the track. It's because, you know, when you're a one man team, when you have all these big teams, it's funny, you call it, you call a company and they interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do the deal. Let's do the deal. You waiting, you call them back. Well, Roush Motorsports call, we're gonna go with them. <laughs> so you can't compete with they were like the power five of the college football, these this team. So we, so you know, and I just kind of just said, you know, it was it was one of those jobs, man, that it was it was almost 24-7 cool. I would leave on a Wednesday, go to the track, and I'll come back to Sunday nights. Wow. And I had little kids, I had little kids at the time. My wife's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I said, uh, I'm gonna have to retire from this. And I did. But you know, it's so funny. Every year someone calls me trying to get me back into NASCAR. And I'm like, no, I'm not gonna do it. Well, all they got to do is get you to the gate to hear that Varoom and maybe that's Well, cool. Listen to this. And, and people won't even say this. And this is a, this is a very, very true story. I called MJ when I was doing this. And MJ said, man, I would love to do this, but I'm got all my got some of my money into the motorcycle. I mean, he's doing the motorcycle racing. Uh-huh. Motorcycle teams, right? Motorcycle racing team. He says, once I get out of that, give me a call and we'll talk about it. So all these minorities that owning teams now, guess who opened the door for them? Because because no one was talking to the president of NASCAR. No one was talking to, I was the one going talking to him. I'm sitting in diversity meetings, telling them this is not how you do diversity in black America, blah, blah, blah. And I was telling them, gave them the roadmap how to get more African-Americans involved into NASCAR and look where it is today. Wow. There you have it. Terrence Matthews with us. It's been great having you, my brother. I hey, man. Thank you. Thank uh, you, dude. Cool. Man. Ari, I can tell you some stories, but we're going to say that <laughs> for another time. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> what went down the land of enchantment stays in the land of enchantment. <laughs> You mean you mean a land of entrapment? <laughs> nothing, nothing never leaves there, so it's trapped in there. That's why we call it the land of entrapment. <laughs> thank you, my brother. I man, love you. you. I love man. you. Thank yeah. you, too, brother. Much love. Wonderful Super Bowl weekend. Yeah. And uh, hey, man, listen. Can you pray for the Lakers? Hey, I thought you was gonna ask me about basketball, <laughs> man. I thought you was gonna ask me about the Lakers. We got more time, and I know we do. And don't give us a, give us go, a spell on the Lakers. What before you we go, can I talk about the Lakers? Yes, let's do that. Can I talk about the Lakers? <laughs> when you taking you that long? No, because I'm gonna put it in a way where <laughs> not a good team. I'm a, I'm gonna put it in a way where it, it, it it's gonna make sense. When you alienate the magic man, when you, which just happened recently, when you take away the logos, season tickets, what do you think gonna happen to you? What do you think gonna happen to you? When you almost, when you almost at a point where, and this is this is just me from the outside looking in, it may not be that way, to the point that it almost 
over the last few years, it's almost like Kobe didn't even play for the Lakers when LeBron James came. So you had LeBron James come in and start making, this is what we need, this is what we want, this is what I want. This, the Lakers was never built like that. Nope, they sure were. Lakers was never, ever built like that. Magic, you, Kareem never went out and said, let's go get such and such, and this is what we need to be successful. You found a way with what you had to win basketball games. You made each other better. Yep. You didn't go get somebody that was better than somebody on the other team. To, no, 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 no. If you're a superstar, if you're the best in the game, you don't need anyone else to, to get a championship because you're making everybody else around you better. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And and the Lakers have, have done some things over the last five to seven years that's is coming back to bite them right now. Hmm. Like the like the old folks say, the rooster come home with roost. <laughs> you got that old soul. Terrence Mathis, thank you, my brother. <laughs> Have a wonderful day, man. Man, I love you, man. I love you. Ari, okay. Ari, listen to me, Ari. When, when <laughs> I get together, it's like this all the time. Nice. Last some funds, man. Awesome. So, I can't wait to hey man. We're gonna if you're gonna wait another 30 years for us to see each other, we ain't gonna be here, man. Oh no, we're gonna come back I, to you real soon. Like, we both bald now, be, so I'll be 84. So come on, man. I'm just still kicking. <laughs> love you, Terrence. Take care, man. And love you, brother. Later. Later.